everybody, Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Jumping on real quick, I have got another sweet episode of our podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, for those that are new, uh, welcome to Civil Engineering Academy. Go check out our website, but we try to help people ace their exams, whether it's FE or PE or career advice in general. We're going to help you on your journey. So uh, thanks for being here. Excited to share this episode with you. Today, I bring on an amazing friend and great guest, Luis Duque. He uh, recently passed his PE exam. He's a bridge engineer for a company called Foothill and does retrofits of bridges. He's a volunteer with many organizations, but he started a site and podcast called Engineer Our Future, and it's a really great resource for people. So uh, he came from Columbia to the United States and started going to school here. So he understands the struggles of, of doing that and starting here and feeling like maybe being alone. So he started all these resources to try to help people that might feel the same way. So we talk about that. We ask a lot of different questions to get to know him and what he's working on on where he's going and uh, he, he was just a pleasure to talk to has some great resources for everybody to check out as well so anyway with that introduction i'm excited to bring louise back or on the show today and i think you're really going to enjoy this and the interview is going to be coming right up all right hey louise how's it going uh excited to have you on the podcast today yeah thanks for having me yeah i'm excited so we've connected kind of over this space uh Tell me a little bit about, I'll probably read your bio before all of this, but I, I want you to tell us a little bit more about how you got yourself into civil engineering, into this uh, crazy world of civil engineering. Yeah, I, I think I always, as many engineers, just kind of liked math and physics from an early age, I feel like. I have a dad that is an architect, so I was always kind of around the, the construction industry. I was always going to projects, always like that um, kind of hands-on field of, of just being an engineer, even though he's an architect, I was able to kind of go to all these job sites and everything. I knew I didn't have the skills to be an architect. I didn't, was very crafty or, or very interested in that side. Uh, so I decided just to go for civil engineering was kind of the closest uh, thing related to what he was doing. And kind of from there, just went to college, really enjoyed civil engineering as a whole. And then I kind of knew I wanted to do structure engineering since I started my freshman year, which I don't think is very common for people to know right away what they want, but I was very sure I wanted to be a structure engineer. I, as, as soon as I finished my undergrad, I, I looked for a master's degree, uh, focusing on structure engineering. And that's kind of from there, I, I found various jobs. I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking about uh, later on in the episode, but uh, I've always enjoyed engineering. I always enjoy kind of being around construction and, and doing the work we do. So that's kind of how I got involved in, in civil engineering. That's awesome. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you're from Columbia. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. So how did you, how did you get from Columbia to, let's see, you went to college in North Dakota, South Dakota, South Dakota. Okay. Yep. So what was, how'd that happen? The short story is I played division one tennis for South Dakota State University. I was looking for various schools in the US and obviously with tennis, you sometimes get scholarships for men. It's kind of hard to get full ride scholarships. Um, but I found a great balance between a great engineering school at South Dakota State and a great tennis program, or at least when I got there. So that's mm. that was kind of the, sh the short brief story of how I ended up in the US playing tennis. That's awesome. So funny story is my wife actually plays tennis and she played for the University of Utah. 
her her knees kind of couldn't take it. She had to have some surgery on her knees, but kind of ended the ended the tennis career. But she was on track to go pretty far. I bet she was really yeah. good. So I did, and now we have our kids in tennis because she saw the value of what tennis taught her and wanted our kids to learn kind of those same skills. So now we've got got the kids going to tennis too. So um, does, did tennis teach you stuff that helped you in civil engineering? Oh, all the time. I mean, there's so many things that I learned just playing tennis, working in teams, being resilient um, with all the challenges, kind of coming to a different country, coming to a new profession, new language, new culture and everything. Mm. And, and knowing that I was here basically by myself when I got here, I, I got to, I got to the U.S. in 2012 with two suitcases full of clothes. And that's all I had when I came to the U.S. Um, so being resilient, I mean, tennis is a sport that is very analytical, um, a sport that requires a lot of thought and really quick thought. And I think as engineers, we we tend to be also very analytical. We we have to solve a lot of problems a lot of times quickly on the on the job side or or when we're at the office kind of solving trying trying to solve problems. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of similarities between mm. I think many sports in general, but I think tennis just because it's it's kind of a, a chess match, but like a hundred times faster because you have like milliseconds to react when the ball is coming and you always have to be on your feet and, and kind of thinking and processing all the information really fast. That's awesome. So I know there's a lot of details with tennis and that definitely translates to uh, civil engineering yeah. too. So uh, that's awesome. So, all right. So, man, that's that's a tough, I know that's very hard to do coming from another country and uh, here you are. Um, so what do you do now and um, and are you enjoying it? So right now I work as a bridge engineer in a very unique industry. We don't really do new design. We do mainly, um, I'll say deconstruction, like demolition. We do a lot of retrofitting. Mm. We do a lot of just temporary structures around bridges. Uh, there's just a wide variety of things we do that when I was in school, I didn't really realize an engineer or a civil engineer does that kind of work. Um, I, I've, I've been in this position for about a year and a half and I absolutely love it. There is a lot of new things kind of every single day. We have work on really remarkable bridges around the US, uh, like the Golden Gate Bridge, Stappen Zee Bridge. And it's really unique because we do a lot of temporary structures kind of aiding construction of some elements or like retrofitting some elements on the bridge. And, but our main, main service is demolition of, of existing bridges. So to be placed mm. for new bridges. And I'm sure as you know, there are hundreds of, or thousands of bridges in the U.S. that need to be replaced or repaired. So there's a big need for kind of the work we do around the U.S. Yeah, they've got, they always produce the, what is it? The ASCE infrastructure report. Yep. And they always detail how, you know, how we're doing as a country. And bridges are always on there that we've Definitely. got to replace like, uh, thousands of them or whatnot out there. So that's such a unique position. I, um, I really, I really like it. It sounds like you enjoy it is yeah. uh, just talking about what you do as a career and civil engineering in general. Um, what, what do you love about it? And what are some things that you've noticed are, are a challenge that maybe you don't love so much about it? Just, just, uh, to throw it out there. I think some of the things I like the most is just being able to kind of design something 
and then go out there and see it kind of come into life. Like if you're designing a new building or a new bridge, you kind of design something, then you see it constructed. In my case, uh, we design, I don't know, a, a temporary bridge or we design a mechanism to remove certain parts of a bridge and kind of go out there to the side and see how everything works and, and being just present on the job side. I think that's one of my favorite things about civil engineering and knowing that the structures that we use, the structures that we design and, and we kind of come like from our minds into paper, a lot of millions of people are using it every single day. So mm. I think one, that's one of the things that I like the most. I haven't really found anything that I dislike a lot, um, but I know it just kind of depends. Maybe if you're in a company that requires you to work 60, 70 hours a week, that could be very taxing. And I'll say that's fairly common in our industry. And there's definitely a lot of companies not doing that, but um, I've worked for companies that you work 50, 60 hours a week and it, it can get tiring with family and trying to balance maybe other things outside of work. That's very true. That's very true. Um, that's kind of rolls up into that company culture thing. So maybe, you know, if that's a value to you or if you, I mean, if you get paid for that time, then great. Yeah. If yeah. you don't, maybe you want to really vet what that culture is like as you're looking for stuff. Right. Um, Luis, what tips would you have for someone that wants to become a bridge engineer or maybe even be looking to make a career shift into that world? Yeah, I mean, as as students, I don't believe many universities really teach you bridge engineering when you're undergrad. So mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely a very specialized field of civil engineering. Uh, in my case, I took, I believe, one class related to bridges when I was in school during my master's degree. And I didn't start in bridge. I studied in in, in industrial buildings and then I moved to residential buildings. And then after about two years of doing that, that's when I moved into bridges. And obviously transition wasn't easy because the design is a little different, but at the end of the day, I mean, beam stresses and, and flexure and shear is the same in a bridge as it is in, in a building. It's just a little different size and magnitude. You have different codes, you have different requirements, but a lot of the concepts, the basic concepts of engineering still apply even if you work in bridges or buildings. It's just kind of figuring out how the system as a whole works because a building obviously works a lot different than a bridge does. But I think there is always room for improvement if you are willing to put in the work to study the code, learn from your peers, your mentors at work or even outside of work. Um, but I think my biggest advice is if you want to go to bridges and that's what you want to do, don't really worry about not have any classes in school because most of us did not have any classes about bridges. Most of the things you're going to learn and most of the really important things going to be, be learning about bridges, how to design bridges, you're going to be learning at work. You already have the basics, you have the statics, you have your dynamics, you have your analysis of structures, all of those basic classes that are really important for engineering. You have that from school. When you come to the job, you're going to be able to use those basic fundamentals and apply them to real world engineering in terms of bridges. Perfect. I'm, I would preach the same thing. I am in the transmission world and it's virtually the same thing. You're not, you know, no one's going to teach you how to be a transmission engineer, but you know, once you start the work, you'll start learning how those engineering principles are applied right. and you'll, you'll learn some new things along the way. So it's just all kind of part of that journey. So uh, Luis, tell me, walk me through this. You recently passed the PE exam, if, I, if I'm right. Is there any some tips that you would have uh, for people studying for that? As And is the SE on the radar? Is that is that what's next? 
So I think my biggest tip is don't really worry about passing the exam because I think what's important, I made a, a video a little while ago on a podcast episode is, is the process of studying and basically refreshing your memory of all these concepts and maybe learning new concepts while you're studying for this exam is already a benefit for your career. The license itself is great and it's, it's, you, you probably will need that in the future. But if you worry about passing the exam from day one, you are going to be focusing too much on the result rather than learning actually the things you need to learn to become a better engineer. And the result of that is passing the exam. So focus on studying, create a solid plan, create a solid study plan beforehand, find mentors, find people that are taking the exam so you can study with them, share knowledge, share concepts, share everything. But don't worry too much about the final result without putting the work. I think I studied three, 400 hours over three or four months. It's, it's a lot of work and mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to do it yourself. So finding people around you can be your spouse, your family, your friends that are both supporting you mentally because it's going to take a lot of mental work as well as finding people that can study with you, teach you things that you may not remember or um, find friends in other industries. Just like for me, I'm a structural engineer. So finding people in water resources, finding people in transportation that can fill in the gaps of knowledge that I, I was lacking. I think it's, it's super important. That's awesome. <clears throat> I guess in terms of the SE, the company I work for right now doesn't really require at this point, but I know I have it in my radar kind of... Um, maybe down the line, mm -hmm. but for what we do is not really required on a daily basis. So we'll see where, where my career goes, but it's something that I, I'm definitely having the radar. Perfect. Well, uh, you'll have to let me know how that one goes. Yeah. <laughs> I know that one's a, <laughs> a little more challenging, but yeah. it's good. Um, okay. Well, let's jump into, uh, Today, I know you've also started, and this is one way we've connected. You've started a site called Engineer Our Future. You started a podcast around that as well. Um, tell me why, maybe why you started that, started that, and what what's it all about? So one of the main reasons I started Engineer Our Future, and it started from the podcast, and I had a few blogs, and at the beginning, uh, but the main thing is just the podcast and creating a place where I can talk to people like you. You'll be on the podcast here in a few weeks. And, and learn from engineers that have done great things, learn from students, learn from young engineers that are also doing great things, having conversations that are not too much on the technical side of engineering, but creating a more holistic approach of how we should face our careers. We have had podcasts on finance, we have had podcasts on how to find in grad school, the difference between grad school and PhD, if it's the best option to go to grad school or just start working, things like that, that when I was a student, I had a lot of questions about this and it was kind of hard to find the resources online to, to answer a lot of these questions. So as I also believe like as a Latino, as, as an immigrant in the US, there's not a lot of people kind of doing the same things I'm doing. And I want to be that person that shows them that they're not alone. And something mm -hmm. that we talk a lot on the podcast is, is representation. We have a lot of women, that uh, have, brought, have come to the podcast and and just talking about showing other people that they are not alone. Uh, no matter how you feel right now, no matter if you think you are the only person going through a tough situation, you are not alone in that process. So it's creating a space for the, the students and the young engineers to come ask questions. I usually kind of 
gather a question I get on social media. And that's kind of how the podcast beca- began uh, through ASC Collaborate. A lot of questions from international students, from students, from young engineers wondering what to do with their careers, what they needed to pass the PE exam, what they needed to find a job in the US. And I just decided to put everything into a podcast form, into a website where people can find this information and hopefully it's helping them in their careers. That's awesome. Uh, I, I think that's definitely a good space to be in. And that's kind of how we connected. So I think you're doing great stuff there for any, anybody wanting to check that out. I think you can just go search engineer our future, right? And yeah. uh, you kind of pop up there. So yeah. Um, well, you're busy, you're working, mm-hmm. you got family. Do you have any tips to stay organized for other engineers that find themselves super busy as well? So uh, the main thing, and, and I also talk about this on the podcast, is finding a system that works for you. Uh, for me, I like to be... I like to be very organized. So I use a platform called Notion where I store all the podcast episodes, planning, um, all the website items, to-do list, um, things going on at work, things going on with volunteering, with ASE and SEI. So everything is kind of on on one place where I can have a bird's eye view of everything going on a certain week in a certain month on, on all these activities I have at the same time. Obviously, it's great to have all of that, but if you have a system to uh, attack the things you have going on, it's going to be really hard to find clarity. So understanding that you cannot do everything. I've come, I've tried it. I've, I've gone overboard volunteering and doing all the things that I, I wanted to do, but at some point you're going to get uh, burned out. So finding the things that you really enjoy, finding the things that really bring value to you as well, finding the places where you can give the most to is really important. So Take some time, look around at the options, analyze where you're volunteering on right now, maybe things you want to be doing in the future and analyze all of these things together and figure out what you have time for. And obviously doing the podcast, volunteering, it takes a lot of time. So finding pockets of time here and there during the day, at night, it's really important. And finding, again, I I keep coming back to the system. So for example, when I do podcasts, I try to Maybe record a podcast or two and, and have everything already set up and just and just the concept of batching i think is, is really important so um if i'm going to write something for the website i kind of try to create a loud outline for four or five articles and and then try to write them at the same time later on or or just combining a lot of these like really tiny tasks that take a lot of time if you do it by themselves but when combined together you can kind of create a a system that um you can get a lot more done in that case. That's great. Um, I know you're wearing a shirt here, the ASCE Structural Engineering Institute shirt. Yeah. Um, at one, I believe at one point you were new faces of engineering. Is that right? Yeah. So that was from ASCE. That was 2020. Yeah. No faces of civil engineering. Awesome. Um, what, what was that like? Did you have to apply for that? Was that challenging? Would you recommend other people checking it, checking into that? What What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, I recommend everyone checking it out. I mean, uh, I think the, the program is mainly to highlight young engineers and students that are doing great things. And uh, it's fine because I didn't really know about the program until basically last year when I applied, but hmm. I, I've started to see a lot of like familiar faces, either people I know directly and I have talked to or people that I just seen on social media or, or at events and everything be part of this uh, new phase of student engineering. So 
I think it's a program just to highlight kind of the great things all engineers are doing. Um, I think you get a really nice kind of diploma. You can see it right here. Oh, nice. Um, and just the well, recognition. Well, it's probably good for your resume. Yeah, you absolutely. Probably, the employer. Yeah, your employer can appreciates that. Just, I think more than anything, it shows that you are kind of invested in the profession and and kind of sharing and participating in all these activities. That's awesome. Throw it on the resume. Uh, yeah, that always looks good too. So, uh, you know, uh, I want to go back to a little bit about bridge engineering. Where, where do you see the future of that uh, work, that position? How do you see computers or even AI trying to help and assist that that industry? Yeah, so it, it's kind of funny because my research was on the inspection of bridges using drones. And I think that's hmm. an area that there is still a lot of room to grow. So like, like we talk about this, the infrastructure report card where ASE kind of releases how much backlog there is in infrastructure spent. And bridges is definitely one of the largest ones. There's a lot of bridges that are crumbling. There's a lot of bridges that need repair. So I think by implementing kind of these new technologies, um, drones, for example, or or any other kind of robot is, is really important uh, with the system of AI kind of just imagine taking a drone, flying around, using AI to analyze all this damage on the bridge in a couple of days and it'll cost you, I don't know, 10, 20,000. Hmm. On the other hand, you have to bring a crane, you have to bring five, six people, you have to pay for all of these maintenance, you may have to close the road. That will cost you five, mm -hmm. 10 times more than that. So using this new technology, you can, in some cases, I don't think it's applicable for every single case, but there's the opportunity to do it a lot faster, a lot more efficiently and a lot more cost efficient, which will help with that backlog of, of spend that, that um, we have with infrastructure. So there's definitely a room, there's definitely a lot of room to grow in that case. And there's definitely maybe other technologies that are coming up and, and new systems and techniques that are, are helping with that. But I think it's gonna be the way to go in the future if you want to kind of catch up with all the damage on the bridges. Yeah, I've heard people say they're worried about their careers possibly with this AI stuff, but I only see that it's gonna help and accelerate stuff and getting done um, is my opinion. And uh, anything to do that would be would be good, especially when we see these report cards and they're always kind of crappy for our uh, country's infrastructure. So. Yeah, I think for us engineers, it's just helping us get our work done a lot faster and more efficiently. I don't think I don't think that computer is going to replace what we do. There's always uh, challenges. There's always uh, new things that we need to improve. And I think that's the beauty of, of engineering in general. There is just too much analytical work and teamwork that goes into that, that is really hard for a computer. At least I see it right now. Is it really hard for a computer to kind of replace us and, and solve all the problems we face on a, on a daily basis? Yeah. And I've also talked about this before, but I said at the end of the day, who do you want? I mean, who's going to stamp that? You know, you got to have someone, you want the computer to stamp it right. or another set of eyes that knows a little bit more about what's going on. So, well, good deal. Uh, as we wrap up, I, is there any resources, books, things that you might recommend to our audience to check out that have helped you on your journey? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of books that I've read that are not really related to civil engineering per se, but uh, books that have helped me kind of my career. Mm -hmm. um, some of the ones that come in mind is The Miracle Morning by Hal, Hal Elrod. Mm -hmm. um, some finance books like uh, I'll Teach You To Be Rich by Ramin Sethi are really great books. 
Uh, I've been into finance a little bit this this past year, just kind of learning more about it since I, I didn't really learn anything when I was in school. Um, another one is Think 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 and Grow Rich, I believe the name is at Napoleon Hill. Yeah, uh, maybe saying it wrong, but um, I also have a page on my website where I basically put all the books that I kind of have read. So if you go to luisfelipeduque.com slash books, you can find kind of my recommendations and there's books from engineering, like she engineers from Stephanie Slocum, which is a great book, um, through finance, through, um, personal development. There's a lot of great books there. Okay. We'll link that up in the show notes so people can go check out your, your reading list. That's great. And is that the best way to connect with you? What's the best way to someone to reach out to you if they had questions regarding, uh, being a bridge engineer, uh, PE stuff, or, just even your experience coming to the country and going to school and dealing with all, all of that. Um, what's the best way for someone to connect with you? Yeah, I think the best way is just social media. I'm pretty active on Twitter or LinkedIn. It's a great place as well. Um, there's a contact form on the website where they can just reach out to me and I'm sure you can link down the, on your show notes, but yeah, overall just social media is probably the best way to reach me quickly on the website. There's just a lot of resources and, and other ways to contact me as well. That's great. Luis, thanks for showing up. Uh, well, thanks for joining me on the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. I really enjoyed talking with you. Shared a lot of wisdom. Uh, I think you've got a lot of good stuff coming and I mean, going and coming for you. So thanks for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, look forward to talk to you in the future. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.